The following content will count as 40% of your final grade. Start the show. attention uh, test will not be open book I didn't study well you don't need to study you're like a Mensa candidate look I'm, I'm gonna be honest like uh, your intro gave me nightmares and flashbacks for a moment <laughs> like I got triggered I don't know if you saw it but I was what, what exam what exam oh I didn't have, see I didn't have all that trauma I just knew I wasn't coming yeah, I, I didn't go to class a lot, so I sometimes taking, I would. Uh, I ain't taking no fucking test. I know the get answer. Get the exam to. Uh, on the day I happen to show up. I ain't taking no fucking test. I know. I know what grade I'm gonna get. Fuck are y'all talking about? Um, niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions. While black, your black ass cheat sheet for the weekend foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. I am HB Value Drake, the fluent one. Um, he's sticking to that, y'all. I just want y'all to know. Look, I don't know how many episodes it's been, but you're just going to have to get used to it. You know, last time, last episode, we had uh, Outspoken Bean on the show. This is like this man's best friend. And he didn't he didn't know he was calling himself that. <laughs> and he even looked, and he looked up like, nigga, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Bean. Shout out to Bean, man. That was a great episode. People really enjoyed that. Um, he just performed at uh, Carnegie Hall. What? Yeah. This is Nope, that's not the right one. That's not the right that's not the right sound. <laughs> Hit that man with the air horns, goddammit. Yeah, that again. Uh further confirmation uh that I that I am doing nothing with my life. <laughs> the, I I remember this nigga in the open mics, dog. And he was and he went hard then. But this nigga's playing Carnegie Hall? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And I am recording out of my fucking backpack, y'all. Man, see, there it is. There it is. Um how are you how are you doing, man? Well, what's your uh what's your mental health one to ten? Uh I'm gonna go with a five point five. Five point five. Yeah. Do tell. Um there's a lot of great positive things. Sure. So the the normal checklist of, you know, what makes you feel good, I think is all there. Uh, Being able to have like the support of friends and things kind of relatively going well in the in the job space. Sure. Creatively getting some things done. Yeah. Creatively having new opportunities. Okay. Things like that. So all those positive things. Right. Then there's uh, some family stuff. There's Ah. just so, so, so low. That it just like keeps conflicting with all this positivity that's going very on. Very stressful. At the same time. Understood. And very stressful and, yeah. and a new new method of trying to figure out how to how to navigate this path that the family's on. Understandable, man. Prayers to you on that. Um my family drives me crazy as well. Um I will say for me, I've 
been between a seven and an eight. Um, for those of you that have been keeping score, I got transferred to a new department within my department because the lady mentoring me is a fucking homunculus. <laughs> you 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 found the 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 dragon <laughs> tattoo on her fucking yes <laughs> on her wrist or something. Oh, she's an anime villain. Dog. I swear to God, she is. She's the worst person in the fucking world, and. Because they can't fire her. Well, they probably can, but they're not going to. Um, they're not going to fire her. And they didn't want to fire me. Um, because it wasn't that I and I realize this now that it wasn't that I wasn't doing the job. It was that I was not doing the job in a way that they intended which my which was to give her a break uh, or to have somebody else doing some of the heavy lifting and that's a lot to ask of somebody that's never been in the business before mm. so i got transferred to another department which is more physical it's more warehouse based which is where i kind of started in retail um it's more hot it's hot <laughs> it's hot as fuck it's hot as fuck. I didn't care how hot it was when I was sitting at a desk, uh, just sitting in front of a fan in my face. It is hot. What the fuck? And and it's hotter. And it's hot as balls for like spring break. Yeah, it's March. My God, global warming. Uh, punk's a tiny punk ass Phil, whatever his name is. Uh, he fucking up, bro. I mean, he said what six more weeks of winter. So. He's up for a he's that, that nigga's up for a, that nigga ought to be up for evaluation. <laughs> that nigga ought to be up for a six month eval or something. I don't so, know. I think we might get another cold front. Well, yeah, there is that. We it, it'll, it'll cool off a little bit. Um, having said that, I've been between like a seven and an eight because I'm happy to be out of that department. Yeah. I'm happy to be not working for her. Um. But this isn't what I really had in mind for the work when I took this job. Yeah, but it's a jo- but the job's a job, uh, so it'll be the job until um, until I don't feel like it anymore, or until summer. Because I refuse, I, I refuse. As has been mentioned before, you know, being able to have the job instead of trying to stress on where you're going to get the next end meet. It, it it yeah in an in in an economy like this yeah it, it 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 is stressful it takes a lot of the stress off of you um shout out to the new listeners what the fuck are y'all doing here man i said this sad sack shit about me being the new al bundy or whatever I what are a, y'all doing here i put a billboard ad up they saw the billboard ad when they were driving. Oh, that was you? Yeah. Okay, and that, now they're all here and we can't get rid of them. No, they're, they're, we're stuck with them. God. Congratulations. Congratulations. God damn it. Shout out to the new listeners. Shout out to the old listeners. Shout out to the first times, the long times, the last time. Shout out to everybody on SoundCloud, Google, iHeart, uh, fucking Spotify, anywhere quality content is disseminated, really. Wherever you're listening to us, we thank you. Definitely shout out to my niggas on Patreon. Patreon. Uh, shout out to our latest patrons. 
Uh, welcome, Just Us. And welcome, uh, Dr. Stoner, I believe his name is. I like this man already. I was I was say, I fucks with him. Um, thanks for the money. Uh, just us is uh, well. I don't need y'all don't need to know what tiers they are. Y'all need to know that they came to the party and you should join. Yeah. Uh, go to patreon.com Look up opinions while black. Join us. One dollar, five dollar, eight dollars. It's all there. Somebody up their pledge to twelve dollars. What? They just made a whole new tier for themselves. They just made the whole. They're just paying in their own tier. Oh man! Now, I, now you got to come up with the twelve dollar tier. I was gonna say the twelve dollar tier. At this point, uh, we've been promoting no tiers under ten. Uh, uh, all tiers are under ten dollars, uh, and then they started paying a ten. They started paying ten dollars, and we're cool with that. Now I saw that they bumped their shit up to twelve. I, I look. I don't know what kind of podcast experience you think we're running here. There is no uh, suck his dick suck his dick tier. That's not a thing. You know, that's not a thing, and it's not going to be a thing. It's not so, a thing for Oz. I, I mean, keep paying, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, I was just not, reiterating what you said. Do not create those standards <laughs> that, that we have to turn around and live by them. Don't do that. Um. Thanks for the money. Know that your money is genuinely going to creating um, a better podcast experience for all. Um, we much appreciate it. We love you for that. One more time with the air horn. Uh, want to give flowers. Do I have any more shout outs? I don't have any more shout outs. Uh, wanted to give flowers. Flowers while people are here. That is the name of the game here at Opinions Wild Black. Giving flowers to people, uh, doing wonderful things inside and sometimes out of the community. Um, wanna give thanks, wanna give flowers to uh Hassan Minaj. Okay. One of my favorite uh comedians out right now. And he was just hosting a daily daily show last it was, week. It was his turn last week. Uh as y'all know, tw- Trevor Noah stepped down. Um, and so now, um, basically we're in a space of, they have a lot of guest hosts that they're kind of circling, that they're kind of cycling in and out. And so, um, we've had, and they've had some great ones. Let me tell you something. One of these days I'm going to come up with the daily show guest host power rankings. Uh, cause they've had some really good ones. Leslie Jones opened up killing it. Yeah. I remember, uh, you you were pretty impressed with her. Yeah, man. She was eating. Uh, Leslie Jones was killing it. The writers that they bring in. I don't know what their deal is in terms of do somebody, because some of these are big names. So it's like, are are you are you writing your shit? Are people, are you bringing in your writers? Are the writers, are your writers mixing with the Daily Show writers? Whatever the case may be. They're really going out of their way to tailor make each experience for based each off of the guest host get to their and, and play it up to their style. Got it. Because uh, Marlon Wayans just got through doing his turn, and Marlon Wayans was fucking killing it. See, I didn't, I didn't know they were going to do to that level, which is why I kind of like kind of tuned out. A right. Bit. 
right? Because it's like, okay, they're just going to go through and have a bunch of hosts doing the exact same thing. What you're talking about, they actually are creating some unique experiences within the format. That week, if it's it's Leslie Jones, it is the Daily Show with Leslie Jones. Okay. And they really lean in, and I was really impressed. Um, Even people that I don't normally fuck with, like uh, Chelsea Handler was doing pretty good. Sarah Silverman was killing it. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. Sarah, Sarah Silverman might end up having to get... I, I don't know if she said anything problematic, and I know y'all are going <laughs> to lambast me for it if she has. Um, but I'm I'm right on the edge of adding her to the list of uh, white women that I might... Uh, don't do that. Sacrifice the game for. <laughs> like, nah. Sarah Silverman was kind of doing... She was doing her thing. She was funny to me. I like that. Nah. No. Nah. Okay. It's nah. I feel like we're gonna live to regret that statement anyway. Somebody's gonna go. I'm already regretting the statement. No. And I'm just sitting here. Like it hasn't even been broadcasted. And I'm just like, why did he say this on an episode when I was sitting here? You don't have any well look, Lala's not here. <laughs> you don't have any white women that you that that that, that you might trade it all for? So we were talking about Hassan Minaj, right? Ah, see there. Ah, almost had him. I mean, even Randall has a fucking Scarlett Johansson. Trade it all for? Oh, man, that's his like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't tell him shit. Mm. That's why Randall was supposed to be here, y'all. But again, he just he he could not he, he could not make it. Randall was out being a good person. Um, but I know a lot of you've been asking where the fuck is Randall on the main show because Patreon has not missed Randall at all. Um, as a matter of fact, if you join Patreon, uh, Randall has not missed a beat. We're supposed to do another Patreon. We're supposed to do another recording session. Later for Patreon. So if you really, really, really miss Randall, you'll throw in that five or eight dollars and get on the Randall tier and get on the (laughs) right. (laughs) And you will get to be a part of that Patreon experience. Join Patreon, goddammit. Um, but yeah. So I want to give flowers to Hassan because Hassan did something very special in my book. Um, it's one thing to take your to to get out there and do your turn guest hosting and kill it. Um, it is another thing to use your platform responsibly and get out here and say some risky shit. Define risky. Well, what I mean, and not like. Because for the most part, when people do guest hosting of, like, talk shows, they just want their name out there. They did, oh, they did a funny thing. Oh, they did a funny skit. And and Hassan did that, too. He did a whole thing about how he was finally deleting his Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because why the fuck are we we all still on Twitter? Um, Different experience. Well, different experiences, sure. For him, it was a big idea. It was a big deal because... He based a lot of his last stand-up on the idea of him getting big after doing Patriot Act and how he was kind of addicted to those reactions on Twitter. Oh, 
got it, got for it. doing and saying spicy shit and how it kind of compromised his family life a little bit. Um, so he so he did a whole kind of full circle thing where he was putting his money where his mouth was. It was like, you know what? This shit has gone off the rails. Fuck Twitter. So that was cool. And that's something that's going to end up in the blogs a little bit the next day. Um, yeah, I, I I did remember seeing, like, the very next day. Like, I was seeing it, like, on uh, a couple different platforms with him, you know, doing it, like, live on the show. And it was a good set. I Like, I was very impressed. It was a good set. Having said that, I'm trying to get, uh, and I'm, I'm stalling a little bit because I want to get to the right um, portion. Portion. But he also did something that I thought was really impressive. He had on Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. They had a really good interview conversation, a back and forth, where he was holding Kevin O'Leary accountable um, for because he, had, he, he did some financial advice show. And Hassan has been uh, has been very uh, opposed and very uh, out loud about what the media does in terms of um, kind of lying to people, like about trusting financial t about trusting like the Jim Cramer like Jim Cramer's kind of full of shit to me. Got it. And I, I guess I can let him talk from here. Uh, I think it's a really good thing that he said. Let's see. See if I can get it to play. Why I wanted to have this conversation is over the past two and a half years, I don't know if you felt this during COVID, uh, a lot of us were at home. A lot of people were going through uncertainty. I had a lot of friends that lost their jobs. And there is this deep angst within a lot of us. I feel it with my friends, my generation. They're hitting an age where life is starting to choke them out. They're hurtling through time. People are getting married. People are trying to buy their first home. People are trying to have a little bit of a nest egg to have some sort of financial cushion to cover school, health care, aging parents, etc. And the way salaries are now, you have to 10x your money. And so what happened during this period of time is a lot of the financial cable hot take podcast people advertently or inadvertently were giving their takes and people at home were listening to them and go well clearly he's smart he's smart he's a venture capitalist why don't i take an active position in my betterment and do what he does the difference is and what i was telling mr o'leary was you're at a different tax bracket than them you can take the losses and retail can't and unless you give up your whole position, like I said, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. <laughs> this is my net worth. This is what I'm being paid. This is how much I'm investing. This is how much of my personal money I'm investing. We don't know. And what that does to the millions of people that listen, it creates a lot of risk and damage. And I feel for those people because they get left holding the bag and they get left behind. So I hope... Um, people remember that the next time they watch any of these shows or these podcasts, they have to keep in mind, hey, we'll never know what their position really is. So maybe I need to take what they say with a grain of salt. Do you understand what I'm saying?
So that's that's, that's all wisdom right there. That's a hundred percent wisdom. And I feel so strongly about it because I'm one of those people during the pandemic and beyond to this day that was always of the mindset that to me, I felt like we saw more than ever that capitalism in Western society, specifically in America, is a house of cards. (laughs) And that shit can fall apart at any time. Over over the biggest thing or over the smallest thing, and that shit, it it can fall over by looking like it's gonna fall over. Correct, correct. Fear, just fear of the next thing. We'll have people. We'll have prices are gonna go up. Toilet paper is gonna go. Just anything. People did not give a fuck about the pandemic, really. No, but they gave a fuck about toilet paper. But all of a sudden, they gave a fuck about getting as much toilet paper as possible because uh, what about me, period. And I felt like, and then, of course, people seeing the truth about about being able to work from home, people seeing how easy it is to just hand people some money in times of pandemic and crisis and seeing that the not necessarily just the rich but the government and the people that are in charge of keeping us safe can do these things financially and they just don't want to yeah and i thought people would have a better understanding of how shallow it is some of the things that we argue about when the economy doesn't allow for us to think like this. All I hear is people arguing about who should pay for what, who should pay the bills, this, that, and the third. But you're get, you're getting these ideas, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds away from what Hassan was talking about. But you're getting so, but you're getting these ideas about who should pay for what and these standards from your parents and grandparents. But your parents and grandparents lived in a different economic climate. Well, I mean, our grandparents lived in a different economic climate than our own parents did. You know Correct. What I'm saying? You could get out of high school, get a good job, and be able to buy a house. Yeah. Um, I mean, running back, like, I remember uh, a couple of years ago uh, when there were some of the protests that kind of turned into, you know, more extravagant type events in Baltimore. Right, right. right. Um, there was a lot of unrest at the time. It was making national news. Of course. And I'm talking to my grandmother, who originally was living in Baltimore, and she had moved out to Columbia. And part of the conversation that she was saying that she had seen over the course of time was that there used to just be jobs even for basic things that yeah. paid well. You could operate the elevator at a hotel and get and get paid as an elevator operator. You could you could work at the factories and make money and be able to support your family working at the factories. Correct. So when when those jobs start pulling away, not only do you have more competition for the jobs that you are able to actually sustain within the the, the area, a lot of times people were being classed out and not given the opportunities to be able to still provide at the same level as they once did for their family. And so you start looking for new 
new opportunities. Speak on it, son. You start looking for new hustles. You start looking at violence in ways that weren't quite the same because of the the economic implosion that happened within the community. That's true. You're not learning. Now, I want to reinforce that point that, like, if you go on Indeed, I'm not saying elevator operator is out there, but if, if elevator operator was out there, and you looked up that listing on Indeed. I guarantee you, they need you to have a. They need you to have your bachelor's. They need you to have a working driver's license. What the fuck do you need a driver's license to operate an elevator for, bro? Hey, you know, you gotta know how to hit the brakes. <laughs> I don't know. Like they really, they really. Some of the, some of the requirements. Like I was looking at a um, social media consultant. For any given social media consultant, media consultant, shit like that, the amount of stuff they need you to know, or the amount of programs they need you to know. I looked at what a social media analyst does. I looked at um, multimedia manager. I looked at these kind of jobs, and the amount of shit they need you to know is shit that I do already on a daily basis just to keep this brand going. Yeah. They want you to have a they want you to have they want you to have a degree. They want you to have they want you to know their they want you to know specific programs because uh they're not, because they they don't know what other programs are out there that are just as they're just as effective. That, All they know is Adobe. Look, that that in itself becomes a major, major issue outside of just, you know, marketing. Because you should be able to walk in with a portfolio. And say, look, here's here's the content I created. Here's how I create the content. And this is the analytics for who's listening, the amount of downloads per month. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to do that with someone face-to-face. You should be able to convince them. You should be able to talk to them and convince them. The algorithms run all this shit. So the algorithms decide if you even talk to a human being. Shout out to algorithms. Shout out to the fucking algorithms. (laughs) Skynet is here, dog. And not only that, we have to talk about how in closed system AI, Mm -hmm. not the AI that you see on sci-fi, how in closed system AI, a lot of times... Those algorithms and those programs do not account for uh, racial inequities. No, they do not. Because they because what they do is they 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 judge by who humans have hired, and they go, "Oh, well, that means white people who go to Harvard, who went to Harvard, who know this, who know this person and that person." Are doing are, are doing a great job and they're great hires. We should just keep hiring white people that went to Harvard. Yeah, they they. Or we should just keep setting them up for interviews. One one of the biggest biases when it comes to racial inequity in algorithms and software development is that it's not completely neutral when you are training systems like that. Uh, you have to give it a data set. And that data set is coming from a person. If you don't have a diverse group 
that is in the process of training or creating those data sets, then you're going to miss the different angles. You're going to miss um, even just the, the test reiterations right. that are necessary. The, the easiest way to describe that is like, look at what a photo looks like uh, on a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Cell phones do not take pictures the same way that old school cameras did where you just let light in. Cell phones are so limited that they have to do processing. Well, the people who are creating all of that processing that goes into every single cell phone picture taken, they've had to learn like, oh, hey, we've been biasing towards light-skinned white people for so many times because we're just here as European descendants testing on ourselves that they didn't realize that black skin looks different under different lighting conditions. The dark skin looks different under different lighting conditions. And that's a recent, quote, feature that they've had to add and advertise. Like, hey, look, we can take pictures of everybody now. Right. Because then you have because then you have shit like the self-driving cars that don't recognize black people properly and can hit you. Yep. It, it, and all of that, to, and all of that getting, getting deep in the weeds away from the point, you have a lot of these things working against you. And... The pandemic became a time of people trying to figure out new avenues for revenue. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of this. I, I mean, there was, I mean, I tried to, I tried to do, I tried to do uh, stock markets. Did you Did you start an LLC? I did not start an LLC. No, I did not. Do you didn't that start one. an LLC with your birthday money, Oz. No, I didn't start an LLC with my birthday money. <laughs> no, hell no. Hired your cousin's dog. Right. <laughs> And write off, you know, the taxes Them LLCs. For, the, for the kibble. Them LLCs just collecting dust somewhere. <laughs> Ain't none of them niggas bought them LLCs using that for shit. They're getting taxed on it, too. They are. I, I will say I had Dumbass. a friend. I had a friend who was pissed because she recently got hit for a, uh, what was the, I'm trying to remember the exact term, but it was like a, Essentially, it was a right to exist tax or slash fee that was put on her because at the same time, listening to people who were saying, hey, get this LLC during the pandemic. Here's another way where you can try to, you know, get income while people are trying to adjust for a very real problem. Right. You're listening to these podcasts. You're listening to these people not realizing they're in different positions. And so she set this LLC up only to find out that a year later now she owes the Texas, not the federal government, but the Texas government, like $1,500 because she had an LLC. She had an LLC. That's exactly And nobody, nobody broke that down or explained that to her, so it caught her off guard, and now she had to come up with that extra. I turned down, and I turned down the independent contractor deal because they, they needed me to have an LLC. Oh, no. What? They needed you to have the LLC? They didn't need it. They wanted it. Oh. They wanted it for their tax purposes. Oh, Okay, and I was like, "Fuck that! Um, I'm not doing that." Yeah, that's a good. That's a good position. And I really respect Hassan for calling these people out. Um, these these weird financial self help gurus because not all of them are like the Shark Tank guy. It's this happens on an entry level. We're talking about niggas who pay off two who pay off two credit cards they've had since they were fucking nineteen years old. And now they decide that they're that that they're uh, qualified to advise other people on financial literacy. That's insane. And that's the that's the the ecosystem that we're talking about here. And 
I had my mom. My mom listened to some psychos one time, long time ago, uh, because they were because they were a black owned tax company. Um, I keep telling her to just do fucking TurboTax, um, which is kind of a con in itself, but it, it takes a lot of guesswork out. But she listened to some fucking psychos that told that that told her what to and what not to do, and it all sounded like fraud. All of it sounded like fraud. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of those guys is in prison right now. <laughs> okay, no, I'm fairly certain, and not and not like good prison, like 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 knifed in the shower prison. Not not Martha Stewart prison. No, not Martha Stewart prison. Absolutely not. This is a black owned business, so they they're in Oz. Like they're like like the, the African guy is looking to get their butt. Like that that one. That's unfortunate. The dude who writes poems for the, the dude who draws pictures and makes some poems on the fucking wall. Shit, that shit. Yeah, I write poems with words. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a part of it. Um, and it really, honestly, I think this in part goes right into my humans ain't shit section. Um, I don't like how we use the word survival now. There's a lot of words that you niggas use. This new agey, bull, this this weird new agey, false positivity bullshit. Um, it drives me crazy. Wait, what's wrong with surviving? So here we go. All right, would you survive us? Um, survive the pandemic. Okay. Uh, survive my ex girlfriend. That's you know. Survive my other ex girlfriend. Milestones. Um. I survived a bunch of I, I survived a car crash. It milestones. Congrats. I survived plenty of shit. Um I survived my mother and this her selling Mary Kay getting on my fucking nerves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I don't like the way we use survival. There's like there's a lot of language that comes with this weird self helpy false positivity nonsense bullshit. Where y'all just y'all use y'all take words and just vilify them at random, and I don't like it. Wait, and one of them is sur- been- Have you heard this saying where they go, make sure you're with someone who was raised in love and not raised in survival, or someone? Oh, you don't understand because all you've ever known is survival and. You've not known abundance, and you and survival this and survival that, y'all. And oh, and the, and the other part. Okay. Well, here's here's why. Then they go, well, because someone who was raised in love will know how to properly love you, and this. But someone who no, was raised, bullshit. but someone who was raised in survival is only gonna do what's best for them, and they're gonna use you up, and they're gonna use you up until you're dry because they only care about them, and they only know how to. Protect them. Let me tell, let me explain something to y'all. The whole and for all these words y'all fuck up, y'all always miss the part about grace. The whole point of survival is that you have no choice. Yeah. By definition, it means you have no fucking choice. No one's trying to use no one's no one's out here trying to use you up for your two hundred dollar limit credit card, motherfucker. What are you talking about? And guess what? 
I don't, and the thing that I that I hate the most about, and that I think this is a great example of, is that niggas use the word survival to other people in different classes, in different socioeconomic classes of life. And they use this false positivity, self-help bullshit to other people that don't, that either don't subscribe to these things or don't live a lifestyle that allows them to subscribe to these things because everybody doesn't live the lifestyle that allows them to subscribe to some of this false positivity shit. I don't get to live a soft life right now. This soft life shit. I don't get to live a soft life. I come home smelling like engine grease. Well, I I think from the context that you're saying thing, it sounds like a pretty much a perversion of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay. And so there is a there is a I know what that is, but maybe uh, break it down for the people. Yeah, there's a there's a rooted understanding that when when you're talking about survival and in the way psychology kind of works right Mm -hmm. the very first thing you need to make sure is you got food to eat and that you feel like you have somewhere to rest your head that is safe yeah right food and shelter correct you kind of need that now there if when you are trying to think about how you're going to get to your next meal and when you're thinking about how you're going to keep that roof over your head that induces more stress Yes, it does. There are others. Your your focus becomes more tuned in to making sure that you are meeting those needs. Mm. There are things that are in your radar that are just going to make sure that that is handled. There are other tiers above that. Once you're you're confident and you're not worried about where your next meal is coming from or how you're going to keep that roof over your head, right. there are still other tiers that kind of go in and then you get into this like final tier of like self-actualization, right? Correct. To say that someone who is not at a position where they are, quote, in survival, if they've only been in survival, but they're not capable of loving you correctly is, is just horrible. That's, that's dumb. It's because also it's two separate points. It's exactly it's 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 conflating the issue, right? Because it's there are people who have never had to worry about survival and are so entitled that they feel that they they don't even recognize how much they suck out of everyone around them. They're literally doing the exact same thing. That, this, that, that these quotes are talking about in terms of, oh, you need to stay away from this person because they can't give you true love. Well, no, because right. the other person doesn't even know what love is because they've always been handed everything to them. Right. Like, it, so it, what are you looking to these people for in the first place? Doesn't make any fucking sense. And I just, I just want us to be able to have a little bit of grace and understand that with, with the advent of the internet and with the advent of social media, comes people who were raised in and live in vastly different economic backgrounds. And there are people who have never known some of the things you're talking about. There are some people who have absolutely known that and had a different result than you, and maybe it's just you. Yeah. So I just, I would ask for a little small tidbit of grace. Um, in these cases in the coming day. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I just, 
everybody feels like this, we're in this age of abundance and you know, all this shit coming out of pandemic. I, I thought it was the like age of an, Aquarius. Well, I thought it was an age. I, I think it's the age of selfishness. Um, I just, I, I really want us to get our shit together and get off our, get off our own nuts. Um, song of the week. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Are I'm, you? I'm ready. I'm about to hit the south side to whatever song of the week it is. Um, I was thinking about going one way. Probably gonna go another. Slow it down a little bit, and then raise your hands and do the south side. See, <laughs> see, that's the nigga that learned it late. I'm gonna play Lucky Day. What happened to Grace, bro? What happened to Grace? You're supposed to be showing Grace. <laughs> you know, some people weren't raised in the we're, South Side. They were not raised on the South Side. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, let's see. Do I want to play Old Lucky Day or New Lucky Day? I think play what's in your heart. I think New Lucky Day will get me kicked off of fucking Spotify. Is what the fuck's gonna happen? Um. Oh well, then no, no, don't don't do that. Yeah, no, I don't, don't I don't, do that. I don't think that's the move, bro. Um. Actually, I think it's cool. We're gonna do that. If not, then uh, an executive decision will be made. Yeah, it, it's all good. I don't. I don't think this one's gonna get us kicked off at all. Um, new lucky day. This is from the Magic Mike soundtrack. Magic Mike's last dance. So let's dance. The last is that dance. Salma Hayek on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> that is Salma Hayek. Do I need to watch this movie? Despite Channing Tatum and his shiny chest, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get back. Actually, this is um from the Magic Mike's Last Dance soundtrack. This is Lucky Day. What's the song called? Careful. Careful. Uh, pour yourself something. Get some. Uh, get comfortable. Gonna be a good podcast. We'll be back with more pants while black. Let's go.
seat, finna load another clip. Out of hand, and made it you went over your head. Girl, I'm about to take you on a trip. You fuck around, break a dirty dog off a leash. You fuck around, see shit you never dream. Fuck around, bring me back to the old me. And that was careful. Careful to hit the fucking mute button. Um, <laughs> careful uh, from Lucky Day, from the soundtrack to Magic Mike's Last Dance, which I might have to actually watch because Salma Hayek's looking mad good, and I didn't know she was in these fucking movies. You know, uh, I, I had no clue either. I've never watched a single Magic Mike movie um but now i'm now i have incentive despite uh channing tatum which is uh this generation's mark Wahlberg. who knew there would be a magic mike trilogy a trilogy dog that and that's what's blowing my fucking mind right now (laughs) there's a magic mike trilogy and people who have watched this shit are like oh all three of them are hard I, I I don't know. I I may never know. I was because I was looking at the I was looking at some of the cast list, and all I see is sweaty chests. All I see is all I saw was like they're not sweaty; they're glistening. Like Channing Tatum <laughs> starring Channing Tatum's sweaty chest. Matthew McConaughey's like like post True Detective sweaty chest. <laughs> Fucking uh uh. uh Joe Micronomico's whatever his name is, sweaty chest. I don't. That's a, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But if if Salma Hayek's in this shit, I, that it might happen. I don't know. <laughs> Add it to the watch party queue. I agree. Um, yeah. So shout out to Salma Hayek. Fuck Channing Tatum though. He knocking that. Even though uh, I'm a little jealous. He knocking. You know he knocking down Zoe Kravitz. What? Right? What? Right? Isn't that the oddest little... <laughs> what? <laughs> I, like, oh, what was the what was the show? Um, somebody had put me on to some show that she was in with the record store. Oh, High Fidelity. Yes. That so funny that I do you not know the history with that? No. 
So high fidelity is originally a, and because I love this movie, it's a it's a movie from like the late nineties starring Jack Q, John Cusack. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the and so the 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 big full circle is that one of the love interests in the original High Fidelity was Lisa Bonet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, even though clearly white people wrote this because y'all want me to conv- y'all y'all want to convince me that uh, John Cusack. Uh, somehow talked his way into Lisa Bonet's pants, um, no, or that or that Lisa Bonet was some was somewhere at an open mic singing Peter fucking Frampton, but you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I I actually I enjoyed that movie, and I never saw. It's on like Hulu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Zoe Kravitz did that. I think it got canceled after one season because these streaming services don't know what the fuck they're doing ever i i didn't finish the season but i was watching it with a friend and uh the episodes i saw seemed pretty cool so i like her i like her i like what she's doing i like that it's her turn right now good for her is it her turn i feel like she kind of got pushed out the way by um it's her turn zendaya Uh, because i was i was seeing a lot of like hype for let me tell you something there's always room for light-skinned people to eat there's always there's, oh, well, thanks. there's always room at the trough for another light skinned person. <laughs> it's the it's the dark skin it's the dark skin niggas that, that, that gotta worry. So, uh, so what you're saying is I have an opportunity to put some weight on. I can, look, man, I can eat at the table of success. Hey, man, look, I'm I'm this close to making it a opinions while black event. Jonathan Majors boot camp about to start Monday, <laughs> promptly. <laughs> Promptly, nigga. As a matter of fact, I have because I'm I'm trying to put it in my schedule. I don't, I don't, I don't really want to be at the movies all day. But I have not seen Creed or Quantumania. Um, I'm probably gonna see both. Maybe I'm gonna be seeing Creed next week, next Sunday. Okay, okay. Yeah, I get up early in the morning for this shit. I can't, I can't say who on the air, but there's someone. Of great prestige, Ooh. who has put together their the little entourage to go watch Creed three. Some little prestige here in Houston. Yeah, the I, fuck. I was like, what? Oh, you want little me to come watch movies with you? Do I know them? Yeah. Do I know them personally? Yeah. What the fuck? Off air though. Off air. Okay. All right. <laughs> or maybe on the Patreon. Uh, probably on Patreon. Y'all gonna want to? Because y'all gonna want to record my fucking reaction to this bullshit. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> No, I don't go to the movies with people. I don't want to be embarrassed when I fall asleep in this in this motherfucker because it's fucking midnight. Um, but uh, yeah. So there's that. What's on? Let me see what's on the rundown, man. Um, I feel like we missed some shit because we took next week off. Oh, of course, of course. Well, it just showed me who you, who the fuck he's talking about. Now I feel, now I feel real. T- now I'm a little tight. <laughs> now I'm a little tight that I've been out of the loop. Hey, you know, you know, I ain't been outside like that. Nah, it's cool. I ain't been outside like that. It's all good. Uh, don't worry, I'm gonna get my rep back. Um, what's on? Well, oh, speaking of Zendaya, actually, it, it's I, she's on the rundown. Here we go. Um, she's getting a 
did I write this? I wrote Zendaya gets a million dollars per episode of Euphoria. Yeah. Holy shit. I thought she died in Euphoria. She did not die in Euphoria. Well, you know what? That was my running theory for a while was that we're, we're her character is dead. Okay. I still haven't given up that theory that we're getting it's like American Beauty. We're getting this whole narration from an already dead character. Oh. Oh. I believe people have debunked this and there's some reasons that that doesn't make sense. Uh I'm holding on to my theory. So she will be back for the next season. I thought yeah. she was written off of season two, but man, she's the only one who wasn't written off of season two. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> I told y'all, I told y'all, I'm sticking to my theory. This is going to be the last season that Euphoria slaps. I'm t- though. Well, that last season, season two, that's the last season that Euphoria slaps. I, I don't think so. I was thinking about it too when I saw that million dollar an episode. I was like, because um, that that's friends' like- money. They, that sounds like they about to write something for her. To really I would say hit. Sam gonna have to figure it out, bro. HBO pulled him in the room and showed him the big the big board, the big picture. <laughs> Not the big board. <laughs> I'm telling you, these these big companies, the White House, any of these people, they have a they they have a they have a meeting meeting with you. Like I, I always say, anybody who gets elected president, they pull you in the room and show you the big board, and they show you the big. The big book of how fucked up it all really is. And you do not keep the same energy once you've seen it. I definitely, and some people, and some people react to the big board or the big book different ways. Joe Biden, his brains have been melting to mush ever since he saw the big book. <laughs> that explains his facial expressions on all the interviews. That Right, right. Did you say something from the book? <laughs> Very few people get to see the big book. Nobody is the same after they see the big book. I'm convinced Kanye saw the big book. I am not. <laughs> I believe that somebody showed him a comic book and told him it was the big book. Um, but they were, they were like, look at this. And he was like, oh, really? <laughs> but yeah, I man, shout to Zendaya um, uh, knowing her worth and... Uh, because I, I hate this term, but in I think in Hollywood, you really do get what you negotiate. So, uh, air horns to her, man. Also, air horns to her on just the random modeling everywhere. I, how, is, how is she not modeling? Because let me tell you something. If she got in the game, it's over for a lot of these, for these Instagram chicks. No, it's not. Because it's Shit. a different platform. Instagram modeling is a different modeling platform than print, than fashion shows, than any. But whether we like it or not. It's a standalone. But whether we like it or not, those set a standard. Maybe not the standard, but a standard. And that butterfly effect changes the landscape. Nah, because it hasn't. Why why hasn't it? So what I mean by that is that. Like Ashley, what's her name? The thick girl, the the plus the the plus size girl that's getting all the attention. That's, that didn't come from nowhere. But that's not gonna that's not gonna defeat or change up things for social media as a marketing platform for modeling. That's what I'm saying. Like there's, yeah, it's so 
independent. Not that there's not cross culture, you know, beauty standards sure. or you know, th- work, you know, being used from one aspect to another. Right. But it's just that what you're able to do with a social media platform, and then even if you're only modeling in social media, right, it has become a large enough platform to be able to sustain itself as its own career yeah. without being blackballed or hindered from other industries. That's all I meant. That's fair. Yeah, no, no, you're right. That's fair. Um, yeah, my love for uh, Zendaya got the best of me. Um, but, I mean, I'm all for supporting black women, though. I'm all for supporting Zendaya. <laughs> she, she is uh, not even my type, but she bad. She bad, bad. Um, what else we got? I feel like we missed some stuff because we took the because we took a week off. Um, we definitely missed you niggas. Let me tell you something. Some of these debates, you niggas, I've learned over the past two weeks. Y'all let some of these debates get get y'all in a chokehold. And y'all start flailing. So let me tell you something. I never thought that we'd be that that we'd be in a knee deep in a chokehold conversation debate about Michael B. Jordan and the word corny. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> in case you were under a fucking rock, it's me. I live under Dwayne Johnson in apartment row. <laughs> yes. So, um. And this and what's crazy is all of this took place right after we, as it usually does, right after we wrapped up the last episode. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan was on a red carpet. Uh, Creed Creed Three was premiering. It's a big night for him. He runs into L'Oreal. Those of you that don't know L'Oreal, you're not missing shit. L'Oreal is like the third most entertaining person. Was like the third most entertaining person on Angela Yee's podcast. Um, she has a podcast. I, she has a radio show, um, that I will probably never listen to. Um, she got a couple other podcasts out there. Anyway, runs into Michael B. Jordan. Says, "Oh, we go way back." <laughs> Michael B. Jordan looks at her. I have never, I've never heard him look like this or respond to people like this because he is so like. He's so likable and ready to get along with people. He looked at her and goes, oh, the corny dude, right? Yeah, yeah, I, you remember me, the corny dude. And as it turned out, there's two things that came up here. One, L'Oreal was in a, um, was on a podcast with another with another person who was irrelevant. Um, and the irrelevant person was talking about how corny they thought Michael B. Jordan is. And L'Oreal co-signed, and this is where we get to two. Turns out she went to school with Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. and was one of and was one of the peanut gallery that used to make fun of him. One, because his name is Michael Jordan, and two, uh, used to make fun of him because he wanted to be a he knew he wanted to be an actor at a very early age. And Went and got and and went and got headshots done and made fun of him because he was because he had headshots and they went to a school like Newark, New Jersey, okay. uh, which is basically the hood. And her defense was, "Well, Newark is the hood. What are you going to do with your stupid? This is a quote. What are you going to do with your stupid headshot in the hood?" 
put it not in the hood? I don't know. Like, which is stupid, which is dumb. He wants to be an actor. Back then, you had to have a headshot, period. Yeah. Period. And so, fast forward to now. He's an actor. He's. <laughs> <laughs> he's an actor. He's been, he's been the sexiest man alive maybe twice. Um, he's got, he's, he's got his directorial debut, which we now know has gone on to be the biggest selling sports movie ever. Uh, Already? Yes. hundred million, first opening weekend, hundred million worldwide. Bro. (laughs) Okay. And I know people still planning to go because. And people still trying to get out here. (laughs) We're planning to go. And people still trying to get out here and go. Um, 100 million worldwide? Get the fuck out of here. And so now he's had maybe the best. He he was going on to what was going to be the best opening weekend of his fucking life, second to maybe Black Panther. Yeah. And, oh, and this chick comes up to me. Now, here's the thing. And this is the thing that everybody missed because everybody got caught up in who called who corny. Well, she wasn't the one that called him corny though. She was just she was just co-signing. So so you're not the so you're not the culprit, you're just an accomplice. Gotcha. Moving on. Uh so if he remembered that you that someone that you used to call him corny or that you co-signed that he was corny, he definitely remembered that you motherfuckers went to school together. Mm-hmm. And he definitely remembered that you used to ride his ass for fault for chasing his fucking dream. And, and because he didn't look like he does now, his social worth was not what it was. I imagine, and I gotta tell you, I imagine L'Oreal's social worth has not changed much from when she was in high school. I don't know. She's, she's, she's on the red carpet interviewing people. But, it's, it's more than what you do in high school. Fishing for interviews. That's about it. But even then, you know, it's it's a little. It hasn't. I'll say it hasn't gone up much. She a wash chick from. She a wash chick from. Uh, from from the Bronx. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Uh oh. Excuse me, New Jersey. Anyway, so. Uh, and this this had y'all in a chokehold because there's a lot to and there's a lot to unpack here. I'm not gonna unpack all of it today, um, but. I did want to touch on this a little bit because one, this told me a lot about which one of you about which, about which of you was the one that was getting called corny, and who was the, being the one who was uh, bullying calling others. people corny yeah. and bullying other people. This is bullying. This is bullying. This is torment. So, a lot of you jumped up and said, "Oh, you men never get over it." Men never get over anything that happened to you in high school. Stop right there. I've heard that take on a few different situations. This is an example of women. I'm not making this. I'm not making this a gender war thing, but I do want to be fair in that we talk all this shit about toxic masculinity, about misogyny, about about allowing men space to feel things and open up. And then we penalize men 
for having feelings that are not for having feelings of trauma. Right. For having undiscovered feelings of trauma that you can unpack differently now because you are an adult. And we say, oh, you niggas need therapy. Well, yeah, therapy will help figure out why you've made so many of the choices and life identity structures based off of something that happens to you when you're young. Because they're your formative years. You might have a formative memory, and then, you know, you, you burn your hand on a pot. What do you do? You you wear a glove every time every you go into the store. Right. Or, you know, you have whatever type of reaction based off of that one experience. You're going to learn, and you make an adjustment. Now, whether that's a physical adjustment or that's a mental one, you know, it's all the same thing. But a lot of times people are like, oh, well, that happened one time or it happened so long ago. Why are you still holding on to it? You don't get to tell people when it's time to get over some shit. And you, don't, and, and you telling them that doesn't speed up the process any further. You're over it when you're if you're active in the in the if you're active in the process of processing things and you're present and you're aware of those things you're over it when you're over it nobody can tell you when it's over and I and I'm not even saying Michael B Jordan was going through all that because y'all took a lot out of this and that and that he was just being vengeful and and disrespectful to the and disrespectful to this black woman. By the way, L'Oreal's Puerto Rican, um, and and that and and that he was just shading her. He even still gave her the interview. Mm-hmm. Not only he, he just didn't like the fact that she she tried to raise her social capital by saying that we go way back. Exactly. Like, and, exactly. And, and so that's that's the big thing that I I guess I have the concern with It's not that he just. She comes up and then says, hey, you know, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, oh, you, you call me corny, remember? No, it's the fact that she says, we go We back. go way back. And so there are so many people who I've seen post about things of, and I don't necessarily always agree, but just the, the fact that the mindset is out there of, oh, you need to watch out for the snakes. Or you need to watch out. Betrayal never comes from an enemy. It's always going to come for your friends or... Haters are this and this and this and that. Right. So there's so many people already acknowledged that there are people who can be haters. So if you see somebody respond to someone that they have addressed or believe that that is a hater, that is a snake, that is someone who is fake, who is fraud, and you have all these other rules about how you treat fraud people, now you're supposed to throw that to the side because it's in public? Or I don't know. I'm in public the same way I am in private. So if I if I say something to you, I'm gonna mean it. I me personally, and he didn't do any of this shit. But I love when people come up and have other people looking stupid because we've we've seen this before. Will Smith had a, used to have a great story about how he came about uh, how back in high school um, he was trying to holler at this chick and. He didn't, and you know, this was before he got his contract, and she passed him on by, and oh, that's what he said. Oh, that's what happened. He said, "Hey, how you?" He said, "Hey, good morning. How you feeling today?" And she walked by him, talking about feeling too good for you, and everybody laughed at him. And he got his first contract not long after that, and he first the first thing he bought was an IROC Z twenty eight. God, that was an ugly fucking car. <laughs> I am so old. That was an ugly fucking car. 
fucking car. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That shit looked like a, oh, man, I can't even say it looked like a Transformer because Transformers look better than that, bro. Um, but um, he drove by, and she was at the bus stop in the rain. And she tried to holler. And she tried to holler at him, talking about, "Hey, how you doing?" And he he turned he turned that corner and hit that puddle. Feeling too good for you? Nah. <laughs> that, and you know we have like with Miguel. I always I don't know if you ever see. There's a video out there. Miguel was on one of these like reality shows or something where they were like trying to make like a little a, a little uh, singing group or something work. Um, with these kind of people that whose singing styles do not match, and I want to be on a reality singing show. Why? I mean, I can't sing. I I mean, the conversation should be over right there. But I want to be on the show. You just want to be on the show. Like I feel I'd be a great addition to the drama. What would you be doing? Pensively staring. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be doing the Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> you been doing Mark Wahlberg talks to animals? <laughs> I'm about to talk to a singer. Hello, singer. Hey, singer. <laughs> You're a singer. I was in the perfect storm. It was a good movie. <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> um, Sorry, continue. <laughs> but yeah, they, but yeah, Miguel was singing in kind of style that we know him to sing now, and he was killing it. And they were just like, "Oh man, he was sounding so awful. He was doing all these runs, and we don't know what the fuck he was doing, and all this shit." And they were like, "He ain't never gonna go nowhere," and we ain't never heard from none of them people ever again. Hey. That was the most they ever got discussed. We don't know none of their names. You gotta, you gotta watch out on who you hate on. You do. You really do, man. Because your opi- and- your opinion is going to be your opinion. Like, right? I think your 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 opinion can be valid, but if you're gonna if you're gonna publicly hate, and then they turn around and flip back on you and be like, "Hey, you remember when you said, yeah, eat that." I'm gonna agree, but also push back. Uh, also push back a little bit there. Honestly, I don't care if they're the janitor. I don't care if they end up being a janitor. Everybody deserves respect off the muscle. And you just out here tormenting people. And I think we give. I think we shoot kids a little too much bail on this. Uh, kids will be kids. Shit, y'all, y'all are super okay with your kids being psychopaths, dog. Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bullshit. Because there was a lot of people that were like, "Well, kids are going to be kids," and he should. And he should have expected that he was going to get made fun of because his name is Michael Jordan. One, that's not something to make fun of. Yeah. Two. He didn't get a choice in that. He didn't ask to be named Michael Jordan. What the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with y'all? I, we had, so I there was a kid in, in like eighth grade, maybe high school. I don't remember. His name was Denzel. Hey, you know what we said to Denzel? You know what we said to Denzel about his name? I guarantee you said something positive about his name. We said nothing. Oh, okay. We said exactly <laughs> nothing. Because why? Why is that? Like he didn't have a choice in that. I would have said something. Like if you gonna make fun of somebody's somebody's you know ugly shoes or something, you bought them hoes. You bought them hoes. And even if I'm at, I'm not even advocating making fun of that because leave people the fuck alone. But white. Oh man, I hate to be the guy to say this. 
Oh, God, I hate it coming out of my mouth. I don't know. I feel like I'm already disagreeing. White people don't do this. Yes, they do. I ain't never heard. I ain't never heard a white. I, I went to school with white. I went to Bel Air. I ain't never seen white people uh, just dressing dressing folks down up and down up and down the hallway, calling them corny. Oh, absolutely. Because they don't wear cool shoes or whatever. What the fuck is cool shoes for white people anyway? I I, I don't remember. I think what was it? K Swiss, Adidas. <laughs> I think I think it was case with was it case with yeah man and then you had to have the matching color laces to your shirts you know what I'm saying you had to make sure your white shoes stayed white oh shit bro yeah and then uh white people were really out here cutting up in case wisdom dickies and you had to wear dickies that was oh, the thing shit. we had a dickies phase oh man what the fuck was wrong with us, man? What the what the fuck was going they on were, back then? Man, absolutely. You got you got you got absolutely tormented. Man, the fashion was nasty back in the day. You Nobody no, needed to be called corny. You ain't had no Jinkos. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love you know what, what, what you mean you got Levi's jeans? <laughs> right? Niggas out here in Jabot jeans. We were Jabot jeans. This is the ugliest shit I'd ever seen. Oh man! Well, no, that the Jabot jeans came over here. Jabot jeans came over here with the influx of people from uh, the Louisiana area. Okay. I, I always feel like I feel like Jabot jeans were were imported. And I don't want to offend any of our uh, Louisiana natives, but I, I feel like that was a that was an import that came over here. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, Jinkos. Chicos were nasty, dog. All I'm saying is, absolutely, we got hammered for style or conformance. If you wanted to be in the, quote, if you wanted social, to be cool in the cool club, right? Like, yeah, there, that 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 was just a thing. Maybe I just never saw white people doing this. I I never I never I literally never saw it. Uh, white people made fun of you for way worse things, like. Like if you like, it, it, like among the football team, white people made fun white of you for people. being black. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Um, but I, I don't know. I've always hated that. I've always hated that that this whole thing about corny because niggas will, because niggas will call like niggas call Michael B. Jordan corny and nobody can, nobody has ever defined why. Or anytime someone calls someone corny, and I've been a part of it too, nobody can ever define why. If I call you corny, I know exactly why I called you corny. I, the first thing that comes to mind is Senator Cornball from Scandal. Wait, what? You remember Senator Cornball? Bro, I did not watch Scandal. You didn't watch Scandal? No. You were one of like the 10 people that didn't watch Scandal. My my family loved it. And I would always walk out. Shit. They'd be like, oh yeah, let's put Scandal on. And I've got shit to do. You know, because everybody tried to figure out why the fuck uh, old girl was fucking the president, but then you saw the sen- but then you saw the senator dude that was that was on her, and he was like, "Oh, Senator Cornball," Mm-mm. and that nigga and that nigga was a cornball. He, he just everything about him said he everything about him said he can't lay pipe. Ah, uh, see, and now I remember I was watching House of Cards at the time. I watched House of Cards too. Yeah, it was in either or. Shout out to Mahershala Ali. Otherwise, there's going to be too much politics in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. Um, but my thing, but I, I guess my thing with the whole corny debate to me was that 
you doing it based off of things? Because I heard a I heard an interview with Wood Harris, and it was like and he was like, I don't well, what's corny and who's defining that? Because I've hung out with this nigga. This this nigga can ball. This nigga this nigga was voted sexiest man alive, and he can put up thirty in a game. What the fuck are y'all talking about? He smiles. I and, and shout out to the niggas that hate you, especially especially niggas on the East Coast. Niggas on the East Coast hate smiling because <laughs> they always ask you what you smiling for. I mean, that's the that's the one thing I can think of. I don't know. He smiles, and then and then people are so fake because they go because then they turn around and go, well, what's so well, what's so? There's nothing. What's so bad about being corny? The fact you just used it in a derogatory manner must be something bad about it. There's that part. Not, and not only that, they try to deny that. Well, well, corny doesn't necessarily mean hood. Corny doesn't necessarily mean street. Well, that's a lie too, because L'Oreal said in her own description that she made fun of him for having a for having a headshot because they were in the hood. And why would you? And gee, why would you have a headshot in the hood to get out of the fucking hood, you asshole? Like I, I have no, I have no dogs in that fight. I, I, man, because I have, no, yeah, it, it, and and it's a conversation maybe we can have one day on Patreon. But one of these days, we're gonna have honest conversations in our community about how fucking mean we were as kids. And I, and I say we, I say us, because I feel like generations, the new generations going forward, I won't say they never have to worry about, but they have less to worry about because these generations are so accepting of things that we ostracize people for. Man, nah, we just find new ways to bully each other. Well, like, you... I, I mean, because the thing is, when you're a child, your exposure is limited, right? Mm-hmm. And so, whatever is raised up as the priority becomes the center of your life as sure. a kid. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And whatever adversity you you encounter is, at the moment the biggest problem you've ever had to deal with in your life. Right. So regardless of how the culture and what's available changes mm. for each new generation, there's going to be something new where, you know, we, we might've been made fun of for being corny because of a name or such and such and such. And in the next generation, it might be, Oh, you're still using an iPhone. Right. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like, you know, sure. or, or you, you, you're posting on Twitter. Oh right! <laughs> oh, you're still using Twitter or you know whatever. What like yeah. it could be, it could be something that simple where now you're made, you're ostracized. It's not deemed the appropriate way or the the right, cool sure. way or the right brand. There's always going to be some type of tribalism that's affected and then defined as the superior culture because people are always looking for a reason to be superior. I agree. You're correct. I you know I, I guess that'll always be around to some degree. I just there are some facets in when I in, in where I feel like I wish we could chill. And one day, like I said, one day we're gonna have an honest conversation, um, most likely on Patreon about how about how mean we were because now there's there's all this all this weird revisionist history to where. Oh well, if you got made fun of, it was your fault because you don't take showers and you and you don't have any social skills. Or oh, you got made fun of 
you got made fun of and you deserved it because you were anti-black. Or it's all this really weird revisionist history that ends up in a root article somewhere where yeah. we don't admit that sometimes niggas were just fucking mean. Yeah, absolutely they were. And if you want to, well, and I don't even want to put race, all that's going to be a Patreon. That's got to be a Patreon. Because uh, I have a lot of shit I can say. I have a lot of shit I can say about that. Um, tune in for the corny episode. Yeah, I'll say tune in for the cornball episode, maybe. Um, I'm going to make some bacon wrapped corn. Put it on the grill. Just put the bacon on the grill. But Just put the bacon on the grill. It's got to be corny. Yeah, no, it doesn't have to be. Bacon, bacon's all purpose. Okay, throw some bacon. Just throw some bacon on the grill. Maybe make some elote. I might go with that. All right, that's it. There we go. I might go with that. Yeah. Hey. Um, did you see the? I'll see. Uh, did you see the Chris Rock special? Why? <laughs> I guess that answered my question. <laughs> God damn it! Oh shit! <laughs> no, I, I no, I I did not. I've heard. I take it. You're, I take it. You're not. You're not aiming to look at that. No, I've okay. I've, I've basically have heard a lot of lukewarm meh. Or this part was funny, or yeah, nah, or yeah. it was a waste of time. You or, did the right thing. So you did the right thing. I've been keep, watching The Last of Us. Keep, yeah, yeah, good show, very good show. Um, yeah, keep not watching it because I watched it, and uh, it, I, maybe my I didn't have any expectations, but if I did, they would have been higher based off of the fact that I loved the last one. Mm. Tambourine was hilarious, um, because I think he was trying something there um this here's the problem with chris rock and how it relates to the comedy special mm-hmm. how it relates to will smith and how it relates to jada my feeling is that because with all admiration for chris rock Chris Rock is one of the kung fu masters of comedy. Mm-hmm. There are certain people that are like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jet Li. He is one of them. Eddie Murphy is Ed, Eddie Murphy is obviously just the Bruce Lee of stand up. You think Eddie Murphy is Eddie Murphy Bruce? is the gold fucking standard. Eddie Murphy is Bruce Lee. Not Richard. You have to go back a little further, like, like you have to go back to like Shaw Brothers. I'm, I'm, I'm he's just, a master. He is a I, master. I mean, so he's, would, he's master. Ip. The reason, the reason why. Okay. If if Eddie Murphy's Bruce Lee, Richard Pryor's master. Ip. Okay. Because he's all because Eddie Murphy's almost directly influenced. Almost. Like. By Richard Pryor, like directly influenced. Um, he just took it to a different level, a different corner, right? So, Chris Rock is a master. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock is Donnie Yen, Jet Li, whatever. Yeah. Chris Rock has been killing it, shutting down. I mean, I mean, selling, selling tickets countless, 
over the I don't even want to get into all his accolades, bigger, blacker, uh, bring the pain, um, all them shits. Those that's my bar for Chris Rock. Tambourine was brilliant because Tambourine was him trying something. Tambourine is maybe the most personal stand-up I've ever heard from Chris Rock. So this was him doing the opposite of all the intentional th- stuff. Let me get let, let me get there. The problem with Chris Rock is, and the problem with I'm I'm getting that the problem with some of these old school comedians. I'm gonna say him, and I'm gonna say Dave Chappelle. Is that these niggas get to a point where they're getting money? These niggas get to a point where, um. They are considered masters at their craft. And I feel like evolution stops somewhere at the point when you've made the, when you have, when you have reached your apex of success in terms of Hollywood, in terms of all that shit, money, pussy, whatever. When you are a name that goes without saying, I feel like that is where your bar and your hunger to evolve and stay and, and stay sharp and stay evolving in the game plateaus. For Chris Rock, this happened a long time ago. And it's evident to me that it happened a long time ago because the things he was commenting on in this special, the way the the takes he was approaching it with, um, all of that, it all felt dated. It all felt dated. How so? The Meghan Markle shit felt dated. Um. I, I had a list of all the points that he hit. <laughs> this man created an outline. I, I don't know where it is now, so fuck it. <laughs> That's how you know you're a true disappointed fan when you have to create a list of why this man fucked up. <laughs> and I don't know where it is now, so oh well. It all felt 10 years ago. And that's okay. But not only did it feel did it feel dated, the jokes didn't land. Yeah. I don't care if you're controversial, but be funny with it. Dave Chappelle has not been funny lately. And Chris Rock has not been funny lately. And that's a problem to me. Because if you don't want to evolve because what you because what's working for you is still working, by all means go ahead, dog. But we're all inviting you into the conversation so you can absorb some of this knowledge and implement that going forward to be funny. And Chris Rock ain't doing that. Or or for Chris Rock, bare minimum, not get the shit slapped out of you for the shit that comes out of your fucking mouth. Well, I mean. By the way, guys, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I get it, but. He still kind of acted out. Will still kind of acted out. I wouldn't put that all the way on. Sometimes you get the shit slapped out of you. Sometimes you get the shit slapped out of you. You do. And and guess what? Guess what? Chris Rock knows that this is not a a new phenomenon. Because guess what? Countless comedians, 
countless have have stories about niggas who tried to pull up on them and come see them after the show because they because they got too reckless and they was talking too much shit. Yeah, after the show. If they could have got up there, they would have. Rick, Rick, Ricky Gervais, or whatever the hell you say his name. I cannot stand him. I refuse to watch anything that he hosts. He is not funny to me. He is a I'm complete not, asshole. I'm not going to lie. He should have gotten his face slapped so many more times. I'm not going to lie to you. British office is kind of mid anyway. Like, he, he's, he is absolute trash. Can't stand that man. Sorry. That's but cool. That's it's just cool. a complete, that's an example of somebody who, who, who literally should have gotten the spit slapped out of their fucking mouth. Man, and he, and, but here's the thing. And yes, comedians do this all the time. Yes, he was up there telling jokes, whatever, whatever. But when the target of said jokes, because I'm not going to go down the route of he just hates black women, I because I don't know that one way or the other. When you get to a point where the target is not laughing with or at or any of that shit and just is minding their own business and would probably rather that you chill. Yeah. Or if their husband who is bigger than you, who is stronger than you, nigga, you from New Jersey. You've gotten shit slapped out of you once, twice. Not once or twice. <laughs> Hopefully Chris Rock not- has Chris Rock has absolutely gotten the shit slapped out of him. I'm just I'm 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 calling it. When the husband is asking you politely to chill, which, as I'm told, apparently this has happened previously. Uh, apparently. Apparently, allegedly. And you just doing what you want to do now? This is why you have to watch what the fuck you say in the real world. This is why. Have to watch what you say in the real world, because guess what? There are consequences. There are consequences to what comes out of your mouth. There are consequences to what comes out of your mouth. I will say it a third time. There are consequences to what comes out of your mouth. There are. This is the reality. I don't give a fuck that he's Chris Rock. This is the reality that I have to deal with every day. This is the reality that I have to deal with as a podcaster. This is the reality that I have to deal with working working at working at this at this new job with this fucking gargoyle. Mm-hmm. That this is what I have to live with every day, and he should have to live with it too because he's a because he's a human being as well. And so, one, I'm not a fan of him playing the victim. Because he was slapped. Because he was slapped. I'm not a fan of it. I'm also not a fan of you hiding behind your white people, hiding behind your white people until you're ready to mount your defense in your in your stand up where you get the last word. Did he get the last word though? He absolutely did. And guess what the last word was? It was the last word of his stand up was that I was taught I was raised not to fight in front of white people. Chris Rock has gone full coon. Not full coon. Full. <laughs> full. Okay. I mean. Especially after we know his policy on white people saying nigga. I, I, you'll have to refresh my memory because I don't keep up with him and his policies of white people. Oh, he's well documented as kikiing and co-signing with white people about bullshit. Oh, gotcha. Well, then, yeah. Then... <sighs> I don't know. If you're going to give them that flexibility, then why worry about 
what you do in front of them. You're already letting them say nigga anyway. Who gives a fuck what you do in front of white people? Right. We have to stop that shit. I, oh, I got so much. Oh, but it was the Oscars. Oh, but it was the biggest night of it. It, it. Look, either we as black people give a fuck about the Oscars or we don't. The answer is sometimes. The answer is sometimes, probably. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and, and just on the aspect of a lot of times the Oscars be on some white bullshit anyway, right? Also true. And And I think the pushback comes in. Hey, here's one of those few times where it's not so much white bullshit. And and then it gets not because it's in front of white people, but just because it's our people with our people. I think that was one of the, I think that was one of the the general gist of like the conversations fair. that I heard. That's fair. From that argumentative standpoint. But I don't agree with the just because it's in front of white people. Man, fuck it. I do shit in front of white people all the time. Henry Louis Gates is one of the most respectable white is one of the most respectable black people on the face of the fucking planet. And he got hemmed up by the police trying to get into his own house. Don't stop giving a fuck what happens in front of white people. Stop. I I know this is early, but can you just hit the thing for me? Shut the fuck up. No, not that one. No. The 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 one we go to before that one. This is why this is why I don't fuck. Thank you. With white people. I don't really have anything for this. For uh, white people must be stopped. So we, I might as well play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just. I and th- that's going to happen going forward. Sometimes on this show. Sometimes I'm just not going to be in the mood to center white people. Um, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So, um, also one. I guess one last thing. Everybody knows how excited I was about this. I'm just excited about it. It's Creed and Quantumania. The new Luther movie movie has debuted on Netflix. Have you watched it yet? I absolutely. I stayed up I stayed up late last <laughs> I stayed up late last night watching this shit. Absolutely absolutely, dog. I want this shit to have my full fucking attention. I y'all know how I feel about Luther. Y'all know how I feel about Idris? Luther, the fallen son. And I knew this shit was about it. I cheated. I even cheated a little bit was it and good? watched like the first twenty minutes before I went to before I went to work. This shit. I knew this shit was gonna go crazy. And then I saw Andy Circus in the fucking credits. I was like, oh, this shit about to go crazy. <laughs> I I do like him in the back end, like in terms of Andy's, being like a producer or a director. Like Andy Circus is the truth, dog. And he was the villain. Oh, he was in it too. He was in the. He was the villain. Okay. Of course, he was the villain. He's always the villain in some shit. <laughs> Fam, this shit went crazy. They let me tell you something, and it just—it was everything that I love about Luther. And it made it, there are a couple of points I want to attack here, and I have time because I'm not doing white people must be stopped this week. <laughs> um, one. I want to reiterate the difference between true crime, not true crime, but the difference between grisly crime drama in the UK and the difference between crime drama here in America. You mean like Black Mirror? No, 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 not, not necessarily. Here, I'll, I'll give you an example. 
Okay. Are you familiar with Luther? Have you watched any of Luther? I have not watched any of it. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll make it as simple as possible. Uh, John Luther is basically the head of the SVU. It would be almost the SVU for British people. Okay. All the odd crimes, all the odd sexual crimes, all the, uh, you know, um, uh, copycat killers and all that shit. Uh, one, Luther is terrifying. This show is terrifying and this movie is terrifying because most of the time the villains in Luther don't give a fuck about you calling the police. They don't give a fuck about witnesses. They don't give a fuck about cameras. Oh, so they just, they, they you can get, that life. You can just catch it. Oh, wow. Okay. And right off, right off the bat, a nigga just caught it. Caught it on 911. Caught, caught it on the line. Oh no! Nah. With nine one one, my nigga, like that was that was what got me. First, yep. You have to watch Luther with the understanding that ninety percent of the crimes that take place in Luther would never happen in America, could never happen in America. <laughs> Why? Wait, what's the difference? Why? Please we, tell me why. Because we in America have guns. Guns. Okay, got it. London, the UK, has vastly different gun laws. They have a vastly different culture about guns. Yeah, true. Um, They're not as in love with guns as we are. And even if they were, it is hard so they don't make to carry a gun. gun. Here... There was an episode of Luther, I shit you not. I tell this story all the time. Where there was a the the guy, the killer's theme was that he thought was that he was crazy. He thought he was in a a D and D game. And he would roll twelve sided die to decide how he was gonna kill all these people in public. Oh wow. And he would roll the dice. And then he just went through an office building and started hitting people over the head with a fucking hammer. And then if they ran up on him, he had a squirt gun of acid. Squirt gun of acid? But how is that supposed to work? And he maimed and killed countless people with this. This would never, ever, ever happen in America. Scott from accounting would have gone, would have came back from his lunch break and <laughs> double tapped this nigga with the quickness. Yeah, yeah, that would that would that would happen pretty quick, especially and if went you're right down here in Texas and clocked right back in the, and clocked right back into work and finished his shift. My my mom always jokes around talking about how she knew she was in a different state. Um, you know, my parents moved down here from uh, growing up in D.C. and Baltimore. Uh-huh. My mom was at a church for choir rehearsal mm. in fifth ward and somebody walked in to the church pulled a gun out and said hey you know i'm gonna need uh i'm gonna need your wallets and about five people in the choir stand pulled their own gun out and said i'm gonna need you to walk out the door That's correct <laughs> correct the doors of the church are now open <laughs> Correct. She was like, "Wait, wait a second! I thought that was a myth. Thought that that everybody was going to be packing in Texas, but apparently, everybody got a gun cabinet here. Unless you're gay, then you have a gun armoire. 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> that didn't deserve that air horns. That was terrible. That did not deserve the air horns. That was terrible. They did not deserve the air horns, dog. Um, but so there's that difference, right? Yeah. Then there's the difference in how the protagonist is treated. Let me give you an example in America. We have Justified. Have you watched Justified? I have not. Justified is based on an Elmore Leonard novel about this kind of modern-day cowboy named Raylan Givens, who is a U.S. Marshal. Okay. Raylan Givens is the definition of a modern cowboy. He likes to he he likes to quick draw with people. He gives you twenty four hours to get out of town, all that shit. <laughs> now this doesn't necessarily gel well with how the U.S. Marshal's office would like him to respect proper procedure. <laughs> I but that would not make for a good show. No, no, not at all. And uh, by the way, Justified is fucking brilliant. Timothy Timothy Olyphant is wonderful. I can't wait for them to bring back uh, this new limited series, whatever. So, I, I just quick pause. I am always amazed at how you know actors and actresses' names. I'd be like that guy with yeah. the with the hair. <laughs> He's in the show that we're talking about. You know who I mean with the with the nose. And you're just like yeah. His middle name. Uh, he was yeah. born uh, <laughs> 1974. So, so you have him who does who. For the for the large part of Justified, does a lot of things that are considered outside of uh, the law a little bit. Um, he's not necessarily a crook. He's not crooked. He's just in that gray area. He's just in that gray area, and then sometimes being at working outside of the purview of the law puts you in situations where you end up having to do more illegal shit to get out of it. Oh, yep. So you just in the you kind of wrong place, wrong time, kind of that kind of shit. Nevertheless, he gets a little finger wag. He gets a little bit of finger wagging from his boss, but for the most part, Rayleigh Givens is considered a badass. Yeah. The first episode, he literally walked up on somebody that he told they had twenty four hours to get out of town, and put two in, and put two in them like it was nothing. Well, they exceeded the twenty-four hours. It was time. it was twenty-four. I was right. It was twenty-four hours and one minute. <laughs> John Luther, uh, over in the UK, Idris. John Luther is a tortured soul, who again gets into a lot of who, who works just a little outside of the traditional purview of proper procedure. Um. And has been known to almost break the law. Almost. But Gets into break. some things he cannot get out of without yep. anybody, you know, not believing him. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, the first episode brings into question the, the big, his big serial killer nemesis that he had been chasing for however long. There's the question of he may or may not, like he, they, were, they were chasing, it was a fight. The guy was hanging on to the side of a building. He may or may not have dropped him. <laughs> I don't know how he fell off the building. But we can't we can't tell if he was too late to help him or he had a doubt and did not help him. Yeah. So he may or may not have been responsible for this. That's the that's the tone they set with him. Okay. 
His whole career goes like that for like four seasons. By the time you get to the movie, yeah, this pile of questionable shit is 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 like a mountain. Oh. They consider him like Hannibal fucking Lecter. Who Luther? Yes, they consider him like a psycho. Like like he is like he is Vic Mackey from the Shield. Like like that kind of shit. He's a crooked fuck, and they need to put him away forever. Gotcha. I just think that dichotomy is interesting in how the law and how people who work outside of that is treated there versus how it's treated here and how we lionize characters like that until recently, until the probably the past 10 years when we see that those are exactly the motherfuckers that... Um, Killed Tamir Rice. Those are exactly the motherfuckers that killed George Floyd, that lionized those characters. I just think that dichotomy is interesting. And watching all of John Luther's shit pile up on him, and he, I don't want to give too much away, but there's definitely recompense for that in the first, say, 15 minutes of this movie. It's very interesting, especially that it's a black guy. They had no problem wanting to go straight to fucking prison. Oh, yeah. Of course they do. Um, but, of course, that's why he's my nigga, because he, he, because he will catch his man and beat the case. So it's, okay. He will catch his man and somehow beat the case. You have me intrigued now. I might have to check this out. You have to, man, you have to catch Luther, dog. This, shit, I, this is my shit. Like, like. This is this is where I'm at with it. Has it been Idris Elba the whole four seasons? Yes. Or just the this is the thing that kind of put Idris Elba on. Like this is like uh, Idris Elba was on as Stringer Bell and all that, but like this is his like like this is maximum Idris acting. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's his Breaking Bad. How long ago did it start? A while ago, but the thing is, once he got big. You know, you know how the British shit is. They take forever to make a new season, and the new season only be like four episodes. Oh yeah, that's like Sherlock. Yeah, sure. That's exactly what I was. It's exactly about Sherlock. Sherlock. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the last time we saw Luther was in uh, twenty nineteen. Okay. Um. So I th- I just yeah, it's definitely worth getting into. The other thing I wanted to point out is that I have come to the conclusion that Idris Elba is the UK's version of Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Follow me. Follow me here. No. Wait, just no. wait. No, because... Hell, follow me. No, no, no. I, g- I get it, but no. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. This is why I say this. Now, Idris Elba is infinitely more talented and an actor than Dwayne Johnson. Is that part? No, but just wait. Now, I don't think Dwayne Johnson is untalented. I do think that he is not encouraged to develop that talent and leans more on his his personal internal charisma. Yes. Idris has those moments as well. But Idris is deeply talented. Having said that, <laughs> they both get away with things because they are likable. Now, having said that, Dwayne Johnson will will undertake 
any under will will undertake anything. He will go on. He will he will take any challenge because he's the Rock, and we will let him yeah. because he's likable. Yeah, he's not a he's not a douchebag. Idris Elba not only acts. He's a DJ. He is a DJ. He raps, and I shit you not. He sang an R and B song once. Yeah. Have, have you have you seen the music video making fun of him about doing all that? Yes, like yes, that. that was great. Idris Elba <laughs> does everything. Where he looks at where he, where he's like in the, where he just walks up to Starbucks and decides he's going to be a barista. He just looks at look at that that shit. I'm Idris Elba. I'll make you a better coffee. <laughs> so, at the end of the Luther movie, yeah. Luther walks away, or, or something, something like it. And we hear the theatrical version of the theme song from the show, which is Paradise Circus from Massive Attack, what I think is one of the best Massive Attack songs of, of all time. Um, and you hear this deep British voice singing it. <laughs> It is not Idris Elba. I had to Google it. Who is it then? Because now well, it's, it was Idris. well, no, it's a, it, um, it's a, it's one of these little super team up kind of Gnarls Barkley things, and one of the guys is from Massive Attack. Okay, but not the point. If I had not Googled that, no one would be able to tell me that <laughs> Idris Elba did not have the ego to go out from a movie. Based on his show, singing the theme song from his hit show. I mean, that's why I was laughing. I thought that's what you were already going to say was happening. <laughs> if The Rock had any vocal talent, you bet your ass he'd have been he'd have been playing the kazoo, humming the theme to Black Adam. Oh, absolutely! I'm pretty sure he did, <laughs> and it was just cut. Oh, he oh he oh he hummed it on set all the time. One of the funniest moments I've ever heard of is Tom Cruise filming Mission Impossible Three. There's this scene where on there they're on the speedboat, and one of the one of the actors says, "I shit you not, he loves this shit because if you listen because if you listen closely, we weren't mic'd. He was driving the the speedboat going do 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 do. I believe it. Do you, uh, Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise is, is yeah, he's he, wild. He's insane. insane for movie making. Insane. That's why you, and that's kind of why we forget that he's crazy. Did, did you see some of the uh, behind the scenes of him um, base jumping with off with the with the bike off the cliff? What? No. So they 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 they're filming it for the next Mission Impossible Jesus movie, right? Christ. And of course, he's doing the stunt himself. And he's literally, they got a series of motorcycles because they're, they're tossing him off of a cliff for each take. What the fuck? And he does the first take, and he rides his motorcycle off a cliff and then pulls the, the uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, the, 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 the parachute. Yeah. And they've got drones, like, flying at, like, 50 miles an hour to keep up with him and then go over the cliff with him and get the shot. And they're looking back, and he's like, yeah, that was a good one. You ready to do another? Yep. Damn. He gets they, and they take him right back up the cliff, and he flies off that cliff twelve 
times in a row. Fam. <laughs> so that way they can get all the angles. This only tells me. <laughs> this only tells me that we spend way too much money on movies. On making movies. I don't know, man. They're just throwing bikes away, man. Let me tell you something. <laughs> God damn. We gotta take we're gonna take a quick break, yo. We gotta take a quick break and we're gonna do uh listener letters in top three. Uh we'll be back. Uh more foolishness, more fuckery. Uh sober content with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. Uh clap white people. That's the things I like to hear. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. Actually, I'm hydrating. We had a beer. We had a beer for the first leg, but I'm 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 hydrating pretty good. I feel good about life. How do you feel? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, good. I'm thinking about to take this other bottle of water. Knock it out. Knock it out. That's uh, you still got that large one over there. Yeah, I got my big sparkling water shit over here. He's fancy. You know, this is what happens <laughs> when you're uh, the executive producer. You get the sparkling water. Man, this is what happens when you're trying not to drink soda. That's what that's, that's what that's what happens. And notice the pinky up as he sips from his beverage. God damn it. <laughs> Um, it is time for your listener letters. Oh, I missed you guys. Uh, Hal Allen uh, wants to know, have you read any of the Milestone Comics 2.0? Actually, yes. Um, so I've, I've, I'm a fan of Static, the new Static. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Nick Draper Ivy. Nick Ivy is amazing. Is it? His his artwork is incredible, and and he's really been doing some wonderful things with Static. The new volume of Static just started, uh, I guess last month almost. It's been because uh, I know they're on issue two, where they're de- where they're debuting um, uh, the two point version of E Bomb. Mm. That villain looks fucking fantastic. Oh man, I the artwork it's just top notch. Writing's cool too. I, I'm, I'm a fan all around, but just the visuals here, I'm just very impressed with what this kid is doing. And I'm always impressed with when black artists, when young black artists break into the business. Um, I'm gonna have to add that to the queue. It's 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 wonderful. Um, I do. Let's see what else have I read from my from the new milestone. Um, I was a fan. I did like Blood Syndicate. That was cool. Um, Static has really been kind of the central flagship book, as it should. Um, And everything has kind of spawned from that a little bit. So that's where you get, except maybe Icon. Icon, Okay, Icon was all right. I I did like Icon. Um, I actually, tonight, I have it queued up. they have a icon versus hardware book. Okay. I'm definitely going to fucking read that. That is going to be sick. Um where are you reading on? Comicsology, unfortunately. Uh Comicsology, by the way, I should just say publicly has become a shit show. Like 
there was a there was a one time when this was just the best place for digital comics and it was amazing and the reader was good and how and how you got to uh and your how you got to classify your library your library of bought comics and down and and, e- and download them very easily onto your device all of this was wonderful yeah and then and then they just and then Amazon came in and stripped it down almost completely and just made it an Amazon store just just a, it just looks like another page of Amazon uh, so they, they completely screwed up the interface with that. God, it's they they screwed up the interface, and the interface has gotten better. But it's just it's like just stripping the car down and building it up again. That's unfortunate, and it's still not as good as it used to be. Uh, and now they fired a bunch of people from Comicsology. Uh, I don't know where they're headed with this shit, but it's almost telling me that I need to get back into investing in physical comics, uh, which is a long shot. Uh, just because I don't have the room for all that shit. But as far as Milestone goes, I think they're on the right track. I think they're doing good things over there. Um, if somebody told me five years ago that Milestone would survive over the rebooted Wildstorm comics, I would not have believed you. But there's reasons for that, too. Like, Wildstorm, because Wildstorm was going crazy for a minute, and then Warren Ellis just fucked up and turned and turned out to be a shitty human being. And so we're not gonna any of that stuff, any of those books he started, we're not gonna see that anymore. Um I'd be surprised, I'd be shocked if we saw him writing uh, uh what's the Netflix show? Uh Castlevania anymore. Oh, uh, he was on Castlevania? He was he was the writer. Okay. He I mean, was, Castlevania kind of came to a nice conclusion though. They're doing they're they're doing another series. Wait, oh, another series. Yes. They're doing another Castlevania series. Okay. Um f- a little forward in the legacy with a, a new Belmont and uh, all that shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh they were supposed to be working on a Devil May Cry. I don't know where that went, but anyway. Um the milestone's looking real good, man. I really like where they're headed. It's at a t- and it's at a time when these properties are just asking to be put on screen. And I don't know what the news is on it, but be don't be shocked if we see a static movie in two years. Okay. Um, I don't know because it seems like there's a a refactoring going on within the studio space, and they're kind of reconsidering some of the projects that they were initially trying to well just shotgun out across well, the masses. You know what I'm saying? From what I understand, Milestone has gotten a little a little more leeway to kind of sail on sale. And uh, I I don't know when the chopping block comes down. I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna be judging uh, the milestone stuff as harshly. Um, but we'll see. Um, I have Xavier Hunter who wants to know uh, what video game adaptations do you think deserve a proper show or movie? I'd love to see a better attempt at Assassin's Creed. That Michael Fassbender shit was not it. Yeah, that was <laughs> I, that adaptation was disappointing. I did not have so I don't have a a dog in the fight with Assassin's Creed. I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. I don't really get the overall thing, but uh, I will say, well, they're doing Super Mario. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I know nobody's happy about uh, 
Chris Pratt being Mario. Um, nobody's happy about Chris Pratt uh, still working, <laughs> from what I understand. Turns out he's a complete douchebag. Um, let's see. It looks, I, like the, it looks like they're doing a lot of, they are doing a lot of Easter eggs and, and little plot points to just kind of like showcase all the different aspects of the different Mario games over the years. Um, and it, it at least will be better than that, that 90s <laughs> version of the movie. First of all, what we won't do <laughs> here on Opinions Wild Black is disrespect the 90s Super Mario <laughs> Brothers starring John Leguizamo and the late, great Bob, Bob Hoskins. As oh what we God. won't do on this program, uh, Dennis Hopper was a tour de force performance as King Koopa. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> With the Koopas. That will, 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 I will not tolerate um, CGI Jurassic Park Velociraptor Yoshi. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, kid? Um, no, uh, I know they're doing Super Mario, and I was actually surprised. So there was a script that got out that um, sadly I think was written by Max Landis. I, I, I God, that guy makes me... <laughs> that guy gives me hives. Um, Max Landis, who is a good writer and a terrible person, wrote some epic Super Mario script that was supposed to be like Lord of the Rings level shit. Um, that, of course, did not get developed because it was too much fucking money. Yeah. Um, I would like to see... I, everything that I would like to see apparently is, is coming. Um, Tomb Raider... There's another Tomb Raider movie. So what they're doing with so there's there's two things going on with Tomb Raider. The first thing going on with Tomb Raider is apparently is apparently what up, Doug? Um, I I think one they're working on another movie with old girl, with the with the the girl from the last one, which I thought that was I thought that was a decent movie. I I enjoyed that. Um, the other thing that's happening is apparently there's going to be like an Amazon series. I wouldn't be surprised with that, but, um, I just didn't. Okay. Um, Tomb Raider is like the, the game version of Star Wars. They just keep trying to keep making more additions for it. And I don't get so mad when they, like when they do certain like casting issues and all that shit. Or the gaming version of Batman. Yeah. uh, Yeah. They're always going to take their shot. That's true. Um, the other thing that I, the other thing that I want to see happen that apparently has been happening for years. I don't know if it's in development. I know Netflix is going through some shit. Um, but last I checked, they were working on a Legend of Zelda live action show. I would watch that. Okay. I, I um, look, th- th- I don't know. I feel like the story for The Legend of Zelda is just too epic to be constrained to a show, and it's going to end up looking like that Lord of the Rings prequel series. They got to do just no. See, that's 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 a problem. They can't do that. They got to do the old. They got to do the old cartoon version. They got to do the, the the shit you used to see on the Super Mario Brothers show. Um, maybe I am so fucking old. Uh, they the Super Mario Brothers had a cartoon. And the cartoon that they would have in the middle of the cartoon was Legend of Zelda. And Link 
was and Link was a douchebag who would save Zelda all the time, but he was always trying to get some pussy. Okay. And I, I think I think I used to watch the Sonic shows. Not the the Sonic cartoon out. was hard. Yeah. Sonic cartoon was hard. I remember that shit. It was and it was hard and it had any right to be. Yeah. I was like, I'm not taking this seriously because Jaleel White's the voice. And then <laughs> and then they did all the shit with the power rings and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty hard. Um uh other uh, uh other video games that probably should get a shot at uh the big screen. You know what I wish they would do? Hmm. Properly. What's that? Warcraft three. Okay, I wasn't a big Warcraft guy. They they did a Warcraft movie and the problem it, was it looks like, stupid. It it was stupid because they the initial when you look at the game part, the actual source material, sure. The lore was kind of there as more of a backdrop than a developed story. But okay. then when you actually got to Warcraft three, they were like, Oh no, we've got we've developed like, you know, our own kind of mythos here. Mm. We're expanding on that. We're creating a new space. That's where you started getting like the elves coming in and like, you know, the playable demons and things like that. So you go from a basic concept to this rich layered, you know, series of betrayals and, and atrocities combined with the actual concepts. And I mean, the cinematics for the time were just like, you know, that should have been a movie. So you could literally just take the, the the story concept and break that into like a two-part movie, and that would be amazing. It's never going to happen, but it's always something that I that I wish to see on okay. a big screen. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's a, that, that's a good round of listener letters. Thank you. Thank you, X. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Hal. Y'all know what to do. Opinionswildblack at gmail.com. That's where you need to be. You want to get at me. You want to get at Fluent. You want to get at Lala. Anybody that you hear on this podcast, uh, definitely hit us up at opinionswildblack at gmail.com. Or you can log on to opinionswildblack.com. You can find out more about Houston's most savage podcast, ways to listen to us, ways to buy merch. Definitely buy some merch. And ways to become a patron and get bonus content and get exclusive merch and get Discord access and get us to shout you out on the show. All that shit. There's no tier that is... All the tiers are under $10, guys. You have that. One, five, one, five, and eight. You have that. You have that. Well, I don't want to pocket watch you. But if you have it, I too have pockets. Me too. I got. I. I actually have pretty. I actually have pretty generous pockets. Like, like I got my ear. Like I got my earbuds, and I got my clicker. Okay, that'll work. Yeah, I keep my. I'm. A, I'm a weirdo. I keep my clicker on me. On my person, like. So yeah, I sometimes I just don't feel like fumbling for my fucking keys. Anyway. <laughs> That's a little bit of pocket watching with Oz and Fluent. I know that's what you came to fucking hear. Um, Two and a half hours in, what's in your pocket? (laughs) (laughs) On that note, it is time for the top three SDFUs. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Shut the fuck up! Number three. 
This is gonna be an interesting. This is gonna be an interesting motherfucking list. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I, I want to see who, because I'm. This is gonna be a surprise for me, just as much as you, the listeners. Number three is Angela Yee. Oh no! What? Wait! What? What did she do? So the third most entertaining member of the former member of the Breakfast Club. Third? Uh, I was gonna say the most entertaining. Shit. Um, Over Charlemagne. <laughs> I have laughed at Char- it's something Charlemagne said before. Okay. Actually, I've, no, she can be number two because I've never laughed at anything Envy said. Um, so Angela Yee was recently um, being interviewed. I think it was by like Tamron Hall, I want to say. And she was talking about how um, it was very, it was very sob story, old school Ricky Lake Oprah shit. Just, just whining about how hard it was being the only woman on the breakfast club about being about being about just being the sole female voice with those guys and all this shit and anybody who listens to who has listened to the breakfast club more than a few times laughed not only did they laugh actual guests that had been on the breakfast club told angela you to shut the fuck up up why because angela Yee is historically while charlotte while while envy and charlemagne largely charlemagne um disrespected raked them over the coals um and was just and was just generally ignorant of women's issues mm-hmm. um angela Yee very very historically has been mostly silent while that was going on at best, either that or going. Oh well, maybe we should move on. Um, and so maybe she wasn't the culprit, but she was certainly the getaway driver. Um, and most people, most women, especially black women who have been on the Breakfast Club, would definitely agree. And some people definitely jumped in on her and was like, "Please shut the fuck up." Little Mama, uh, most famously, jumped on. <laughs> and was like, man, please, that that meme where she's where she's I was like, crying. Wait, didn't they make her little mama cry on the Breakfast Club? And she was like, and Angela didn't have and Angela. He sat there, didn't have shit to say about it. Not a damn thing. She and, and, and they talked bad about it. It was a few. It was a few people that were guests that talked bad about her and was like, you bitch, you a motherfucking lie. Mm. Now a bonus shut the fuck up within this has to go to Erica Mena. This wasn't your time, sweetie. She tried to jump in and was like, "Oh, well, you were silent while Envy was well, Envy was cheating on his wife with me, and you were kicking in my face, and you were." A f- this ain't the time for that. That's a whole separate subject. You just wanted to center yourself and drop a link to your OnlyFans. We aren't trying to hear from you, Erica Mena. Got to shut the fuck up right next to Angela Yee. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Got to shut the fuck up. That is, that, we did not ask for your input. We did not ask for you to center yourself and and just find a good reason to drag envy. I mean, there's plenty of good reasons to drag envy. We don't really need you for that. This is not it. This <laughs> is not it. So yeah, you definitely got to hold that joint L right next to Angela Yee. Shut the fuck up. All right, number two. Let's see what's on number two. 
forgot I put this down. Number two is logic. Uh, okay. <laughs> logic did a cover of Today Was a Good Day. I don't think we need any unpacking there, actually. <laughs> Logic just got to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I me, was trying to hold it. Let me hit him again, actually. Man. And, I, you know, sometimes a, 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 a shut the fuck up award is very simple. You don't have to go too deep into it. You just know. When, it, when, every, when it's understood, nothing has to be spoken. Shut the fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> all we ask from these white rappers, all we ask is to respect the culture. You are a visitor. A visitor. You don't get to utter Ice Cube's name. Cause we're all not. Cause guess what? As a visitor, you have to recognize that we're all not happy you're here. <laughs> and NWA era Ice Cube ain't happy you're here, motherfucker. No, I don't think he is either. No, you got to hold that L. No, I, honestly, I didn't even for a long. I I've never heard a Logic song until this one. You listened to it? It, they, it was on another podcast. Okay. Um. I had never heard I had never heard a single song from Logic, I don't think. I was they had to convince me that he wasn't the dude that shot Drake in Degrassi. But are you sure? I'm still not convinced. Okay then. See, the, these are the important things that we need to know. And the number one person who should shut the fuck up. Another visitor. Adam twenty two and the team at No Jumper. Definitely. Definitely got to shut the fuck up. No, explain. So. What happened? Explain. This, this one we need to unpack. Explain. Adam 22 and No Jumper. Adam 22 had uh, Richard Spencer on No Jumper. Okay. For those of you who don't know who, Richard, who who that is, Richard Spencer is a Nazi. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't normally keep up with my Nazis. So, right I this is probably right bef- I want to say right before the pandemic, kind of treat Nazis like pork, I just avoid it. And he's one of these and and so basically um Richard Spencer I did, my uh my surface went dead, so I can't look up all his accolades. But um all the organizations he's a part of have white in the title. <laughs> um and he is a card carrying Nazi. Not oh, only yeah. is he a card carrying, not is he a card carrying, uh, chest pumping Nazi. He he he's one is he's one of those that wants to unpack the basis for the swastika and sh- and all that shit. Wants to tell you about Pepe and all that shit. Wait, is this the same guy that was that like got, going on tour like to some of the colleges and then got banned got, in some of those colleges? Not only got banned, but got punched in the face everywhere he went. Oh yeah, that's a good guy to punch in the face. He has a very punchable face. It, like it can't like it was a topic of discussion at all. Like everywhere he went, should you be if he's not doing anything violent, should you be punching him? And I don't know about anybody else. But I take all my cues on whether or not to punch a Nazi 
from the legend from the legendary comic god Jack Kirby, a actual Nazi puncher. And he would say yes, punch that Nazi. You know, I feel like that's a great solution. We don't need to even go punch that Nazi. Just punch the Nazi. He's right there on the chin. And Adam Twenty Two had Richard Spencer on. I don't need to know what they discussed. I don't need to know um, what they were talking about. All I need to know is he giving another dumbass platform? Is that right? Is that he who very who very specifically uh, markets himself as a hip hop platform? A hip hop platform, which by definition, which by definition is is uh, marketed towards black people, had a Nazi on his platform, and not only did he have a Nazi on his platform, from what I understand, he didn't really hold him accountable for anything he said or did. Why, why would he? Because he's on the platform. I was saying, I mean, you've look, already... He's, he's not He's not giving him a space to, to say, hey, you know, here's where you fucked up. No, that's that's not what's happening. Not at all. Not at all. Because you don't need to bring him onto the platform to do that. Somebody who, like, you're not giving someone like Richard Spencer a platform to chastise them. Right. Like, they, because at that point, there's nothing for them to say in their defense. Like, this is someone who is so far gone that there's there's anything that they do say is already going to be some hateful ass type shit anyway. So there's no point in having them on. Sorry. You no, no, that all that was valid. You are a visitor. Let me say this again to any and all white people, whether you be a journalist, whether you be a rapper, whether you be anything adjacent to where you are making your platform and you are making revenue from hip-hop. You are a visitor. Point blank period. That means there are certain rules and there are cert- and there's a certain way you have to carry yourself in somebody else's house. And one of those ways to carry yourself in somebody else's house is not to bring a Nazi into our house. And that is what you did. Yeah. I mean, that's for what, for any reason you literally brought some mud in, tracked it all with the shoes. The only reason I could see is cause I remember Roland. I remember he did an interview with Roland Martin, but Roland Martin held him accountable and, and dressed him down and raked him over the coals for the shit he was saying because he's rolling fucking Martin hit, hit Roland Martin with the air horn. <laughs> I'm glad I'm I'm glad he can come up in the world and stop wearing that fucking ascot he used to wear on CNN guest spots. Nigga was looking like uh uh the black Thurston Howell the third. Um not the third. Be that as it may. Adam twenty two is that, that's nasty. And I'll probably never be able to look at I I don't take no jumper seriously anyway. I'll probably never be able to take no jumper seriously again. Yeah. Visitors. That is what you are. He got he got a couple of niggas on there. Visitors. That is what you are. Act accordingly. I am looking at you next, Vlad. I can't stress it enough. <laughs> Vlad is at the 
top of my fucking list. And I am waiting. I am waiting for him to fuck up again. Look, it's already in Nick Nora, so. Please, at your earliest convenience, hit him with the biggest shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up! Fluent, did we do a podcast? Yeah, I think we did a podcast. I've enjoyed this podcast. I've enjoyed this podcast as well. Clap, white people. Um, no church announcements. Well, oh, there is a church announcement. I did hear through the grapevine. He was supposed to be here today. I did get confirmation twice, as a matter of fact. I'm going to get it three times that we will next week have a D. Randall appearance. Hey. D. Randall will be back. The boys will be back. Um, other than that, uh, you know, subscribe to Patreon. Jump into a higher level of podcasting experience. And consciousness. Maybe consciousness. It might be a lower level of consciousness, depending on how many uh, drinks you have. The shrooms don't hit that good. Okay, okay. Um... Other than that, <laughs> uh, wow. All right. Fluent. Uh, Fluence Airbnb guess is murdering someone. I don't, it, it's fine. It's fine. I feel like he's watching March Madness or it, something. Oh, oh, yeah. That forgot it is March. Okay. Um, yeah. I like that guy. Um, so. Next week, we'll be back with more foolishness, more fuckery, uh, possibly at Randall's house. I, I don't know. I uh, Again, I have to get three times confirmation for that. Uh, other than that, this has been episode, oh, my God, what episode is it? 216. 216, Jesus. Of Opinions Wild Black, I have been Oz. I am the flown one. As always, forever imparting titties. Clap. White people. That wasn't the right sound effect at all. Big ass titties. Bye, niggas. Oh.